ladies and gentlemen, we're just moments away. That's the biggest night in the history of this great organization. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Hey, yo. Smart marks. What's a smart mark? A mark with a high IQ. Back in town, and we ain't in town to mess around. To be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, woo, right here, I'm the man. That's hard time. Yeah. And what they're gonna do when Hulkamania in the largest part of the world runs wild on you? Rest in peace. You just made the list! It's heating up here! There's a slop drop! I'm the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're the man, what the rock is cooking! Two, a slot drop. Welcome everybody back to the slot drop. This is episode number fifteen. I'm Nathan Rogers at Woo Pig Sumo on Twitter, joined by our co-host who is back after a two-week hiatus, the loose cannon David McBee. I am so glad to be back in the saddle again. I'll tell you what, I've been out a couple weeks, but. What a couple weeks it's been as it's WrestleMania week now. Man, can you believe it's just a few days from now? It actually starts tomorrow night with the Hall of NXT. They've switched it up a little bit. NXT's tomorrow night. We'll get to that later on. Uh, I know this is mainly going to be about WrestleMania, but I think we need to still hit on Raw and SmackDown just to kind of build up to where we're at and this weekend. Uh, Raw, Stephanie McMahon opens up and uh, says that she's going to change the main event around a little bit. She's going to add a fourth person herself. Then she says April Fool's, but she's still going to change it up and says winner takes all. So whoever wins between Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the undisputed or unification, but they will be the Raw and SmackDown champion. Well, if I recall, I think someone made that announcement a few weeks back on the slop drop said that they thought it was going to be a winner-take-all stipulation, and it ended up being that. I believe you're right. Next, there was a segment of Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. <clears throat> Seth ends up giving Lesnar a couple of low blows. A few times, he stands tall in the ring. Um, you know, this segment kind of shows that Seth's going to do whatever it takes and whatever he needs to do to get over Brock at WrestleMania, and uh, kind of shows he might have a chance. I'm not so sure about that. Then we have uh, Bailey and Sasha and Natalia and Beth over Nia Jax and Tamina and the Iconics. That's kind of a snooze fest. Batista segment on Triple H. He walks out, shows a, a little video, and then says three words and then leaves. Kiss my ass. Which those three words are probably one of Batista's best promos he's had. I, mean, I could stoop to John, Lena, John Cena's low level. 
Well, I absolutely love Batista's promo. I think that was, I think that was uh, really good to keep it short and sweet like that. Uh, but real quick, going back to the uh, Lesnar, the Lesnar uh, and Rollins segment, I thought that was a pretty good segment that made you think, hey, Seth Rollins has got us a chance. He's going to be willing to do whatever it takes, maybe a low blow, maybe putting his feet up on the rope. Whatever he's got to do to win, he's going to try to do that. Uh, I was really happy with that segment. Now, the ladies segment you talked about, uh, to me, it's like, let's see how many people we can get on the show tonight because that's what it felt like. I am so sick of all these four-on-four, three-on-three matches. It's just crazy. I agree 100%. Uh, it's just, uh, I made a tweet the other day where it feels like they're just throw everybody into a big bowl like it's a, a wrestling soup, and that's what they're feeding to us. Well, that's what it feels like. It feels like every they're trying to get every single person on the match. And I know this is just Raw, SmackDown, which we're going to get to later. It, it feels that way. It's like they're trying to get every single person. I don't know if they're trying to get them a quick payday before – uh, the WWE uh, WrestleMania event, but I mean, I am sick of these four on four, three on threes, three way, four way dances. What happened to just one on one matches? Yeah, gauntlet matches, battle royals. I mean, yeah, yeah, it goes on and on. We then have a segment or a match. Uh, Apollo Cruz goes over Jinder Mahal, the modern day Mahajaba, in a lumberjack match. Again, what you just said. Mm-hmm. They're just throwing people out there. Hey, let's just have a random lumberjack match, and then getting people. And I, I kind of get it. They got they want people on TV, but still, it's they're not doing anything. Well, Sumo, I got to ask you, who in the world did Gender Mahal piss off? I mean, you look at it a year ago today. Uh, you know, he was getting a major push on SmackDown and was really turning his career around. He comes back to Raw, drops his title belt quickly. I think he was the U.S. champ when he came over. Drops the belt right away. And then all of a sudden, he's a jobber every single week. Who in the world did he piss off? I I don't know, but I'll tell you what. He's in better shape now than he ever has been. And like I said, he's the modern-day Mahajaba now. A nice video package of Kurt Angle on what supposedly his last appearance on Raw. Baron Corbin comes out. Talks a little trash to Kurt, and then uh, Ray Mysterio comes out, sticks up for Kurt, and it sets up a match between them later on. Then have the revival over Aleister Black and Ricochet by a countout. And I'm sorry, guys, I'm rushing through these because I know we got a lot of stuff to get to later on. Uh, backstage segment with Braun Strowman still being mad at Colin Jost and Michael Che. And then he challenges two local guys in the back later in the show who he refer he pretends like they're calling Joseph and Michael Che. Again, well, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost speechless with this crap. I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. You got a guy who's been built up as a beast, someone who should have he should have been the heavyweight champ by now, and you're putting him in a stupid segment and. Andre the Giant, he's got to be rolling over in his grave. I mean, come on. What in the world are they doing? Uh, I mean, oh, my gosh. That's one of the worst segments in the works buildups with these guys. And they're making Strowman look like an idiot. Yeah. They kind of give him the, the big show treatment a little bit. They kind of turned him into, you know, a monster to a clown. 
<clears throat> Still backstage, Drew McIntyre attacks Roman Reigns. That adds a little fuel to their match at Mania. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch over the Riot Squad. And the stipulation in this match was anyone that turned on their partner uh, was was going to be ineligible to compete at WrestleMania. So, you know, they go over, they win, and then immediately once the bell rings, Ronda, they all just go crazy on each other. They get handcuffed, they get escorted out, and then from there is just way too over the top. They get arrested, they're, they're hitting cops, kicking cops, busting windows out. Ronda actually steals a cop car at one point, rams another one. And then they're released on their own recognizances later. Come on, WWE. That this could have you could have still had the chaos without being too over the top. I know there's a showbiz element of, of this business, but let's not get too crazy. Well, I was uh, I really liked it when they had them getting into it in the ring and that type of thing and doing the regular breakup, but it went on and on and on. I had to leave halfway in between to go take a bathroom break because it went on so long and it just it was like the never-ending segment i they could have cut that at least five minutes short but my question is you know who did the riot squad tick off now i mean there i feel like almost if you're not in a match at wrestlemania you're getting jobbed out and you're making look like you're nothing I mean, you're taking the riot squad and just have them get destroyed in like 30 seconds. I mean, it was just, you know, oh my gosh. I mean, they're they're destroying half of their roster right now. Yeah, they're pushing them to AEW. The show should have ended with this match, and it shouldn't have went too crazy as it did. But you know, it it was over the top, and uh, it, it it didn't even end the show. The main event didn't end the show. Heavy machinery over Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. There was really no point in this match, uh, really, because neither of these teams are are competing in like a a tag team match. They're both in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, but other than that, they're not booked for any other match as as far as a tag team or singles. So why not uh, use this time slot to build something up a little bit better other than just throwing a match out there? Well, honestly, I think their match was for two words, Lacey Evans. She came up and came out and interrupted. And, of course, they all, you know, stare in awe like, you know, it's just ridiculous. But to me, it just breaks my heart seeing Bobby Roode, who I think could be one of the best natural heels in the business. He's got the look. He's got the talent. Give him a push, and you're using him as a jobber to heavy machinery. I know they had a little buildup at the end where Rude was kind of looking at Gable disappointed. I can see a breakup coming and maybe getting Rude out on his own, but Rude looks like a superstar. He is a superstar. He needs to be pushed like a superstar. Heavy machinery. It's like I've gone back to 1993 (laughs) and then watching uh, Raw when they started out. Uh, Heavy machinery. Remember the wrestler Roadblock from WCW? Yeah. He came out wearing the uh, yellow and black, and they remind me of a, a tag team, uh, him split in half as a tag team. Had nothing against Heavy Machinery. They're entertaining, but I get what you're saying. It's very gimmicky, and uh, Rude deserves better. And I think Gable has a ton of talent they're just sitting on. He just needs the right opportunity. So hopefully they will break those guys up and have something better for them in store later on. Uh, Braun Strowman over the two local guys that he called Che and Jost. Uh, still, uh, we mentioned earlier, just as, such a waste of talent. It wasn't long ago 
he was so over with the crowd, right in line for the you know the the title. And uh, I forgot what happened, but then he got then he had the elbow injury or bicep injury or whatever it was, one of his arms. And they brought him back, and this is how they're using him. They're using him more as an entertainer than they are the monster. Well, every time I see Strowman now, after you said that earlier, I'm going to go, well, it's the big show because he is the big show. Part two, uh, McMahon is going to destroy another giant. Big show 2.0. Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley come out. They address Finn Balor. <clears throat> Finn appears on the screen. Titantron. Do they still call it Titantron? Uh, and says he's going to be resurrecting his alter ego, the demon, for their match. Now, Bobby basically says that, look, you're the same person. Finn's the demon. Den's the, Finn's the demon. The demon's Finn. I'm not scared. This is what don't make sense to me. So you're telling me Finn Balor is going to bring back this demon character, which, which is pretty cool, uh, for this mediocre match against Bobby Lashley when he fought Brock Lesnar just a few months ago on a pay-per-view for the Universal title, and he didn't think it was appropriate to bring the demon back then, I eh, I don't get that. Just continued inconsistent booking by the WWE. I, you know, to me, I mean, I like Balor. I, I enjoy watching him, but he's 190 pounds. I mean, a legit fight. Why do you have Lashley fighting Finn Balor? Have Lashley taken on the beast, Braun Strowman, two giants going at each other, two legitimate badasses. Instead, it's this, you know, let's have the 190-pound cruiserweight giving up 200, giving up 75 pounds uh, and have him scared. He's got a 75-pound weight advantage, but he's going to be scared of the demon. Come on. Yeah. After that, Baron Corbin pins Rey Mysterio clean. And that ended Raw. Again, I think the uh, the ladies should have ended Raw. And I think the ladies should have ended Raw in more of a uh, uh, kind of a fade to black type thing where you're not real sure what happens. You don't have to show them get arrested or all that jazz. But anyway, I know what they're trying to do with Corbin. They're, they want to make him look, build him up as some dangerous heel uh, for his match against Kurt Angle. But I don't think the crowd was that into it. And it really didn't do any favors for Rey Mysterio, who's supposed to be facing Joe this weekend at WrestleMania. So he just gets pinned clean on Raw. Now you're going to have him on WrestleMania fighting for the U.S. title if Rey Mysterio can compete because supposedly he, he suffered an ankle injury during that match. Well, let's make Joe – I mean, let's make uh, Mysterio look as weak as possible before he goes into a title match. I mean, again, inconsistent booking. But – the way that that finished out, I mean, I really hope that the WWE is setting this up where maybe in the first minute, Ang Angle gets lucky, catches him, makes him tap immediately, and then John Cena comes out and says, Kurt, you can't go out that way. It's me and you here at WrestleMania. Let's do the thing. I'm hoping something like that comes up because this continued pushing of, of Corbin just is perplexing. Right, I agree. Uh, but they are making him into a good heel. Um, I'm not saying I'm coming around to be a Baron Corbin fan, which I, I'm not, but I do like how it's kind of evolving. Uh, on our Twitter, 29% of our followers said Raw was good, 29% said fair, 22% average, and 20% poor. 
On Facebook, 62% gave Raw a thumbs up, while 38% gave Raw a thumbs down. Over to SmackDown, AJ Styles and Randy Orton appear on the Kevin Owens show. Great talking by both guys here. It was short, sweet, to the point. And to me, it felt real. Uh, It wasn't too much. There was no over-the-top crap like we saw between the ladies over on uh, Raw. I I thought it was really good. And uh, it ends with a physical altercation with Orton giving AJ the RKO. Out of nowhere! Well, I thought that was a hot start. I really enjoyed these two really going at each other. Uh, with their promos, you know, AJ knocked Orton for learning just one move, but then Orton says, hey, when you got a deadly move, that's all you need is one. I really enjoyed that. And then also, uh, you know, the shots that he said, uh, when he said, uh, John Cena's gone off to Hollywood, so AJ's taking the role of the corporate beep. Uh, You know, really, I, I really enjoyed them going back and forth. I mean, taking really pot shots at each other. Uh, it made it very entertaining. And to me, this is probably the first match of Orton I'm excited for in a while. I love this match. Uh, I think it's going to be probably the best actual wrestling match on the card. I love the promos. I love how they're making it personal. It feels real. A few weeks ago, they were taking pop shots at each other. Uh, uh, Randy was talking about his time in TNA with Dixie and in the Indies and uh, with AJ was firing back, and then this year he mentioned the failed drug test. I mean, this was good stuff. Uh, Justin over at Tag Team Tees, at Tag Team Tees on Twitter, asked the other day what my favorite storyline is at the moment. I really had to think for a little bit, but then I thought, it's got to be this one. Uh, Nothing against the ladies. I I think that's ended up pretty decent. Uh, A lot of this stuff they've, they've overwritten or underwritten, but to me, I think it's uh, my favorite storyline right now is between AJ Styles and Randy Orton. It'd be interesting to see where it goes after WrestleMania. I think that match has the potential to steal the show at WrestleMania. Uh, I'm really hoping it does. Oh, I agree. The Usos and Aleister Black and Ricochet over the bar and Rusev and Nakamura. Uh, Does anybody remember the Hardys? And uh, Usos have re-signed with the WWE, by the way. So we're looking at uh, several more years of them to watch. The Iconics come out and uh, talk about their match. Again, I don't think anyone really cares. Well, the the other match that you talked about with Black Ricochet and every other person on the SmackDown roster, to me, another one of these, let's have one of these uh, eight contestant matches Let's try to get every single person on the show we can. And to me, I mean, all these teams just got annihilated, you know, a week ago by the New Day. They destroyed them. So why should I care about that? That's a bathroom break for me. Exactly. Uh, again, I've, I've preached this for the past month or two. Love Aleister Black and Ricochet. Don't like them as a tag team. They th- This week they'll be competing for all three Brands tag team titles. Uh, for some reason, they fought the revival the other day. They they went up against, uh, or they're going up against uh, War Machine tomorrow night, or War Raiders. I'm sorry, tomorrow night on NXT, and then uh, they're also on Sunday's WrestleMania against uh, the Usos and a slew of other tag teams. We then uh, Miz over the Sanity. All three members of Sanity. Uh, I understand. 
that Miz needed this win for his build-up for WrestleMania. But unfortunately, it came at the expense of Sanity. I don't, it does them no favors. It hurts them, continues to hurt them. So much potential with that group. And honestly, if I would have booked it, arm, armchair booking here, I would have had Sanity beat Miz. I would have had Sanity beat Miz down. Uh, not only would that help them and give them a little bit of spotlight, but it would give Miz this underdog image going into WrestleMania against Shane. Like, oh, man, he just got beat down. He's hurt. Is he going to be able to overcome that? But instead, we see Sanity get buried and Miz, which I love Miz, but, uh, you know, it's unrealistic if he's going to beat three guys in a Falls County Anywhere match. Well, hey, Sumo, do you think this is punishment for I think Killian Dane was complaining online about not being used? So, hey, let's bring him in and let's lose a one-on-three match and totally trash what was a great group that came from NXT. Uh, maybe this was payback punishment. For some uh, the Twitter postings, uh, very possible. We've seen a lot of Twitter posts lately from a lot of unhappy over at uh, Camp WWE, and but, they're all getting buried too. I mean, they're getting buried every single week. You're burying yeah. half your roster. Uh, just this week, uh, uh, Tyler Breeze and uh, uh, oh, the Usos, Usos wife. What's her name? Uh, I can't think of her name right now. She, uh, the Glow. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the Glow Lady. And then Luke Luke from uh, formerly of the Wyatt family, uh, all complaining, very vocal on Twitter about being unhappy and being unused. And, and they're, they're right. They really are. Hey, at least the Glow Lady's won matches in the last six months. I mean, she was getting a pretty good uh, – a push compared to, you know, look at some of the teams. Uh, it just absolutely drives me crazy. You got Sanity, you got Bobby Roode, you got, uh, you know, um, you know, you got so many guys that could be really being pushed and used that are just being completely trashed. Gallows and Anderson. I mean, you turned what was two of the most the team I was super excited to come back from Japan and instead you're throwing them on eight on eight matches and having them um, yeah. get pinned every time within a minute. Yeah. That's it's safe to say they're pretty much done. I, and I hate that cause they're pretty talented. I got three letters for Anderson and gallows. A E W. I, I have a feeling that's exactly where they're going. Unless they go to Japan first, they could do both. Uh, Becky Lynch segment to promote the WrestleMania match. Uh, she vowed to be the first women's double champ. Very possible. And then back to what we've been uh, complaining about for weeks. We had an 18-person mixed tag team match. Nine men and nine women. It goes to no contest, uh, but it did leave Oscar uh, remaining in the ring standing tall. I know this is supposed to pump up the men and women's battle royals, but I just... Uh, I don't think anyone was interested. I know I wasn't because I'm sick of all these wrestling soup matches that we're getting. I mean, it's just, it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's painful. The good thing now, at least you can DVR the show. And then when crap comes on like this, you just fast forward past it at the end to see who wins. Cause that's what you got to do because this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I'm watching WCW 2000 stuff right now. I'm going through and watching all the Nitros. I made it from 95 um, to July of 2000. I am 
deep into the Vince Russo era, which a lot of people say is the worst era of professional wrestling history. However, honestly, that stuff's better than this crap. Yeah, it's it's just been hit or miss lately. I was really pumped when you know we read a few weeks ago, hey, they're cleaning house and creative. Jarrett's coming in. Uh, Brother Love's coming in. Shane Helm's coming in. All these guys are going to come in and take over, and it's going to be back towards the Attitude Era and back to some good wrestling. And it's just been hit or miss. I don't know if they're just – maybe after Mania it'll be a clean slate. Maybe they were just trying to, to – uh, play with the cards that had been dealt with when they all came in. But, uh, again, hit hit or miss. Inconsistent booking, like you say. Samoa Joe goes over Ali, uh, formerly Mustafa Ali. They've shortened his name to Ali, just like, uh, you know, I mentioned Luke Harper earlier. They changed him to Harper, and Eric Rowan's now Rowan, but now we're, we just got Ali. Joe wins. Ali passes out. Again, there's rumors of Mysterio may not be able to compete this Sunday, he's supposed to be reevaluated. If he cannot make it, and, and if John Cena isn't the surprise guy, then I think maybe you make a rematch there with Mustafa Ali. It was just a few weeks ago he was in the main event, and now, uh, you know, there's a bit of a story there. Hey, I got passed over. Hey, uh, I passed out on SmackDown, and now, you know, I want to take the place and have my rematch. But, you know, uh, I. It could Ray could still be good to go, or we could see John Cena. Hey, I would love, you know, we've talked about the Cena, uh, the history that he has with Samoa Joe. That is one that I think would be a great surprise. I think you have Cena come out, have him upset Joe, and then you start a storyline between them. I think there's some opportunity there. Yeah, I know we've talked about Cena's name coming up against Kurt Angle, but I think I'd rather see him against Samoa Joe. That's just my opinion. I'm going to get all fist deep in some rugs. Matches would be good. Actually, I think this Samoa Joe match would be a lot better uh, because poor Kurt Angle, man, he's he's just taped together right now and trying to make his way through Sunday. Oh, man, I love Kurt Angle, but when I watch him, my back hurts. When you watch him standing there, it just looks like he's in pain. Uh, I think he's one of the greatest of all time. I'm so glad he's getting to finish up his career at WrestleMania. But, man, he, he, he it's time to go, Kurt. The show ends with Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston's contract signing. Great mic work by both guys. Probably the best ever by Kofi. Um, I like how this ended. It felt real. It felt emotional and legit. There was no over-the-top stuff. And uh, this is how Raw should have ended, something similar like this. Twitter, 43% gave it a good rating, 29% fair, 11% average, 17% poor. On Facebook, 86% with thumbs up, and 14% gave SmackDown a thumbs down. 205 Live, there's more buildup with Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese. We get a peek of five-time NWA champ Adam Pearce, who's now an agent with the WWE. He, he kind of appeared there to help break them, break them up during their little squabble. NXT TakeOver tomorrow night. Shayna Baszler versus EO versus Bianca Belair versus Carrie Sane. I think Shayna Baszler retains. If she don't, could be a sign she's going to get called up soon. Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle for the North American title. I think Velveteen Dream retains. The War Raiders versus Aleister Black and Ricochet for the NXT tag titles. Uh, my money's on War Raiders. It would make no sense if Aleister Black and Ricochet won. 
Pete Dunn versus Walter for the UK title. I think Walter will win. And Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole for the NXT title. I think Adam Cole wins. Johnny Gargano is very deserving, but I think Adam Cole is ready. I think it's his time. Also this weekend, ROH and New Japan's G1 Supercard. They're in a promotional thing. I'm really stoked about that. I don't know if I'll get to watch it or not. I'd love to. MLW is having Battle Riot 2. And uh, Impact is having United We Stand. All these promotions are having the, you know, uh, this last week about how uh, Jay Lethal came out and said it's not about WrestleMania anymore. It's, it's just wrestling weekend. Again, I disagree. Uh, nothing but respect for these promotions. But there's a reason they're having an event in the same town near the same venue on the same weekend as WrestleMania. Um, just mentioned Impact, RVD signs a new deal. And I got to tell you, I gave Impact a, a, a watch the other night, and it was – I thought it was good up until the end. Up until the very end ruined the whole thing for me. Dave, I don't know if you caught wind of it. I don't know if you saw it or read about it. It ended with a murder – inside the ring during a satanic ritual well what was funny is well I, I wouldn't say funny but what was crazy is who was the guy doing the satanic ritual that's what's crazy <laughs> hey we get uh kevin sullivan back uh of course james uh mitchell has been a part of that in his back they could have brought him back they, what's bad is they had a really good segment between um, Tessa Blanchard, which is Tully Blanchard's daughter, and Gail Kim about how, you know, they was going back and forth, and they said, uh, Tessa said to, to Gail, like, you know, you've been fighting bra and panties matches, and I've been kicking butt and blah, blah, blah. It was great. I thought, hey, on to something here. And then we end the show with a murderous satanic ritual. I, I mean, when uh, when Sullivan came out, I couldn't help it. I started doing like, uh, I think it was the uh, Zodiac. Yes, no. Yes, no. <laughs> and then I was like, Sullivan, my son. You know, I thought it was like Dungeon of Doom. It was like hardcore Dungeon of Doom. And uh, Kevin Sullivan coming out of nowhere. Uh, but to me, I mean, just that's a, that's crap. That, that's just, to me, that makes me turn the channel. I don't know what in the world they were smoking when they put that on. Uh, you'll have to ask your good friend uh, from Impact Wrestling about that one. Hey, I did ask Twitter what they thought about Impact. 29% good, 14%, 29% fair, and 28% poor. So, whoever's still watching Impact consistently, it's kind of even all the way through. People, uh, you know, it's evenly spread out between people loving it and hating it. Not my style of booking. I understand there's, uh, again, a uh, show business aspect part of professional wrestling. I like my style more realistic. Don't like this at all. Uh, AEW News, Jim Ross, good old JR, officially signs with AEW as commentator and backstage advisor. Uh, he'll be joining Excalibur and uh, announce table. Justin Roberts, also ring, former ring announcer where WWE has signed with them. Chris Jericho says WWE has basically banned him because he has signed with AEW, which I think is ironic because they're inducting Billy Gunn 
Saturday night to the Hall of Fame, Billy Gunn works for AEW. He's a, a road agent, so you know that's kind of ironic. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> uh, a couple other tidbits before we get to our polls and our WrestleMania. I'm sorry when you talk Impact Wrestling. You know my love of Impact Wrestling. I know uh, I do. For- yeah, Dixie Carter. I, you know, if you heard heavy breathing, that's because I was actually snoring <laughs> a minute ago because you were talking about Impact Wrestling. What is Impact Wrestling? I'll still, I'll still Ric Flair's line. Impact Wrestling, or I think his line was TNA. What is TNA? Well, mine is Impact Wrestling. What is Impact Wrestling? Yeah, I, a lot of potential there. I just right now, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, the AAF has folded. So that makes Vince McMahon very happy because Vince McMahon, of course, XFL. So, you know, unfortunately for you, I know you guys uh, went down and covered the Memphis Express a couple times with TLSM. There'll be no more of that, man. But hopefully, maybe Memphis uh, – are they having an XFL team? Uh, no, the closest team to us is going to be St. Louis, and uh, the TLSN is already working to try to get press passes uh, to the XFL, so we're already working on that. But, man, it, it stunk. I mean, we really enjoyed it. We got the chance to go down and cover that with Mike Singletary, and they had just added Johnny Manziel, and uh, we were initially supposed to go to what ended up being the very last game in Memphis history, but uh, we had something come up called Prom. Uh, with our daughters that we couldn't make it. And uh, we were scheduled to actually go on the 13th, and uh, we were going to try to go watch that and then try to make it up to Springfield in time for MSW. But now we're going to have plenty of time. But the Memphis Express following the the uh, USFL, the XFL, the WALAF, all these different spring leagues, another one bites the dust. But, uh, man, I hate that. That was a lot of fun. But, hey, for Vince – you know, I, I hear he's already looking at trying to buy up some assets uh, from Memphis, from the entire AAF. Uh, so, you know, I heard there's a fire sale. So Vince is uh, having a little bit of fun with that. But to me, that, that to me, that's a game changer for the XFL. If oh, the definitely. AAF was still around, the XFL, to me, would definitely not make it. But with the AAF going out of business, that's a changes the game for Vince McMahon. I still think a spring league can make it, but to me, the AAF uh, financial issues right out of the gate. Um, and I, I think a lot of the issues too, with the AAF was just the, the structure of it, especially the broadcasting structure. They had one game. First game of the year was on CBS primetime, got great ratings outdrew the NBA that first night. Then after that, you had to go online. You had to go to CBS Sports Network to watch it. You had to go to Bleacher Report online, uh, NFL Network. For a lot of people, like I have uh, Suddenlink here, I don't get NFL Network in my package. I couldn't watch their games. It was very difficult to see their games. I was having to watch bootleg films on their games through Facebook, uh, through watch parties. So if your league is that hard to follow, it's going to be hard to draw fans to me, I, I think it, it would have needed a couple of years. It was building a good fan base. They were averaging about almost 15,000 attendance, which is, for a starting league, pretty good. Their TV ratings were good, but ultimately just didn't have the financial backing and uh, 
the XFL now is going to be the only spring game in town, and it's going to be interesting to see. I heard Vince McMahon just cashed in $270 million more in stock. I think he's getting his treasure chest ready to make a go of it. He's going to need that money if he wants it to to succeed. Um, You know, they announced this, what, a year ago that they were going to start it back up. And uh, then a lot of people was down on the NFL. They didn't like it was getting too political. Uh, people were not watching because of whatever reasons. And I thought, you know what? If, if ever there was a time for XFL to make it, it's now. Then the AAF comes out and thought, ooh, now it's gonna it's gonna kind of hurt the XFL because you know there's competition there. You're not gonna watch both probably. You're gonna choose one or the other. And plus, people are kind of starting to, to trend back towards the NFL again. But now with the AAF gone, that does uh, help the XFL a little bit. Will make it? I don't know. But I guess we'll see next year. Uh, something that uh, does not make Vince McMahon happy was the John Oliver special on HBO. Did, did you get a chance <laughs> to watch that? I got a chance to watch that. And uh it was uh, it was pretty hilarious. John Oliver, you know, he's a fan of professional wrestling. If you really listen to him, he really knows his stuff. Uh, you know, interesting segment. A lot of the things that he spoke is the truth. I mean, it's things that I know Jesse Ventura and a lot of them have been talking about for years and years. You know, you look at the death rate, you know, all the wrestlers that have passed away at such a young age. And I know it was the Wild West back in the 80s and 90s. But, you know, the high death rate and also the lack, there's really no retirement plan the way that he has it set up. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was very good insight uh, from someone I would not expect to give a lot of insight on that. Right. Uh, I, I thought it was uh, very educational and eye opening. But at the same time, this is uh, things have changed. I don't think he has much recent information um i think things are are getting better and another thing is nobody's forcing those guys to sign those contracts um they're doing it for the money they're getting paid really well um i do think there's some progress that needs to be made and I, i i think that after this it's opened a lot of eyes and it's got a lot of attention so i expect some changes to be made uh by the wwe with their employees well, I, I think they do a good job. One of the big things that they were getting bashed on was, you know, the, um, you know, the drug use and the early deaths. A lot of that after Chris Benoit's situation, you know, I can't believe I actually said the name Chris Benoit, but the, uh, you know, with Benoit, when all that went down, they put in a pretty good uh, wellness plan that several people have gotten in trouble on. There is a strict drug testing policy now that wasn't there before. Um, To me, that's really been a game changer. I think a lot of those deaths that happened ended up leading to the program they have now. To me, too, you know, they were talking about, well, they don't have health insurance and all that. Those guys are making 300 grand a year. They can afford, you know, to buy some type of health insurance plan, even if it's a high deductible one that they're, you know, having to pay, you know, $10,000 out of pocket before it covers anything, they could afford to buy health insurance if they're making yeah. three hundred grand a year. They're getting paid well. Like you said, they have the drug testing thing now. They even have some sort of a rehab type thing for their guys and, and girls. But they also, I'm pretty sure, have some sort of 
concussion protocol now. That's why Alexa Bliss hasn't been in action for a while. I think she got a concussion, and she's kind of sidelined. That's why she's not been in action. She's been doing a, a moment of bliss, and while she's the host of WrestleMania, they're finding other things for her to do until she's able to get over whatever it is that they do to, to test for that. So I think progress has been made, and I, I think it's going to get better. It's survey time. I asked how folks would rate the 2019 WWE Hall of Fame class overall, <laughs> which includes Sue Aitchison, who's receiving the Warrior Award, the Honky Tonk Man, Tori Wilson, Harlem Heat, the Hart Foundation as a tag team, DX, and your favorite, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, my gosh. So let, let's go through this list. Sue Aitchison, we don't know her. She's an employee. Uh, it sounds like she's done some great things. So I'm cool with that, the Warrior Award. I'm sure it's deserving. Honky Tonk Man, it's, of course, it's 80s gimmicky, but longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. You got to put him in at some point. You might as well throw him in now. Tori Wilson. Uh, man, I, I just don't feel it. I don't think she's Hall of Fame worthy right now. No disrespect to her. I know she's in a lot, but I don't think she belongs in, in this class anyway. I, I mean, Tori Wilson, you know, I, I've been watching, you know, I mentioned earlier I was watching the old WCW right now. Where I'm at, she's actually partnered up with Shane Douglas. And I really enjoy watching her when she was with the franchise in WCW. But when she came along to WWE, can you think of a big Tori Wilson moment? One. You know, a lot of people, like, you think about <laughs> Sable. Of course, there's a big moment that everyone thinks of with Sable. I won't go into that. Or, you know, you think Stone Cold, you think about him, him giving the beer bath. What – what did Tori Wilson do? I mean, I can't think I can't think of an, a moment that she ever had. She had a feud with Don Marie where I think Don Marie was, you know, messing around with her dad. I mean, that's the only feud I can ever remember her being in. Yeah, I think she won the Golden Thong Award, too. So she's got that going for her. <laughs> Again, talented. She's definitely been a star. Maybe put her in at some point. I don't know if I would have threw her in with, with this bunch or not because to me – it just seems a little weak, this whole class. Uh, Harlem Heat, I think, is deserving. Uh, it makes Booker T a two-time inductee. And you get Stevie Ray in there, which on his own, he's not going to make it. But as a team, they, they deserve it for sure. Uh, the Hart Foundation with uh, Brett and Jim the Anvil Nightheart, it's kind of the same thing. Again, makes Brett a two-time inductee and – I don't know if the Anvil would had enough single success to make it in on his own. So you got to put them in together if you want him in. I think uh, we think Jimmy Hart inducts them. I, yeah, I would almost think Jimmy Hart has to induct them. Uh, to me, I, mean, I think they're deserving. Unfortunately, too late. Uh, it's after the fact. After Jim the Anvil Nyhart passed away. Uh, but to me, I think definitely deserving Harlem Heat, very deserving. Uh, we finally get to see Stevie Ray. I, we haven't seen Stevie <laughs> Ray since 2001. So hey, Stevie Ray will be back with the Slapjack. One of my little ones had a birthday last month, and he's super into wrestling right now. <clears throat> and I'm not going to name the person. That, they're not listening, so it don't matter. But he got a couple of wrestling figures, and one of them was Stevie Ray. 
And it came from somebody that I know is not a wrestling fan, and they probably got Stevie Ray on sale because nobody was buying him. But now he's a Hall of Famer, so that worked out good. Uh, DX going in, they're the headliners. Again, this makes uh, Shawn Michaels a, uh, a two-time inductee as well. So we've got three two-time inductees in this class alone. Are we running out of people to put in, or what's the deal here? Hey, you're going to have Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart on the same stage, uh, which would be pretty uh, interesting. The Hart Foundation, uh, I'll tell you a group of the Hart Foundation I would have liked to see go in, even though I don't think that will ever happen, but would be uh, the Hart Foundation with Owen Hart, Bret Hart, the Loose Cannon, Brian Pillman, Jim the Anvil, Nyhart, and the British Bulldog. To me, I would love to see that group go in. Uh, to me, they help start the Attitude Era, but unfortunately, only one of them is still around, so I can't see the the WWE inducting them. But I, I'm glad for Jim the Anvil Nyhart to get in. Really disappointed. There were some big names that I really would have loved to have gotten in this year, like the Midnight Express with beautiful Bobby Eaton. And, and also, I'd like to see the Loose Cannon, Brian Pillman, go in. To me, you know, as a singles competitor in WCW and then also, you know, being a part of the Hollywood Blondes, which I think could have been one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And then the impact that he had, even though it was short, his loose cannon character was changed the game. He is the only man to get a paycheck from WCW, WWE and ECW in the same week because he conned them all to me. You got to put him in the Hall of Fame, and no one else could induct him but Stone Cold Steve Austin. I agree a hundred percent, a thousand, a million percent. I could name a couple more that I would love to see, and I know you can't do them all in the same year. You mentioned the Midnight Express. Uh, I can think of Vader, uh, Pillman. Again, I could keep going, but Brutus the freaking Barber Beefcake. They posted that on April Fool's Day. I thought it was a joke. I'm like, there is no way. They're putting Brutus the freaking Barber Beefcake in the Hall of Fame. And lo and behold, it was true. It's true. Hogan's going to be the one inducting him. That was announced today. Uh, you know, he was a big part of wrestling in the 80s and I guess some in the 90s as well. So maybe, maybe he does at some point. I just think with this class, when you've got Tori Wilson, Stevie Ray, uh, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, it just seems like a weak class to me. Um, our, our our followers on Twitter, thirty seven percent thought it was a, it's a good class. Twenty eight percent thinks it's fair. Twenty two percent average, and thirteen percent poor. So uh, it's kind of it's somewhat even across the board. Seventy six percent on Facebook gives this class a thumbs up, while twenty four percent give it a thumbs down. And, uh, well, man, I, I'm devastated over it. I, I, I love the Hall of Fame. I love when they do it every year. And to me, to put in Brutus the Barber Beefcake, I'm sure it was probably done as a favor to Hogan, you know. They probably said, Hogan, we're going to put this person. He said, well, that don't work for me, brother, because he's still trying to get, push his agenda. I'm like, seriously, you're going to put in Brutus the Barber Beefcake. What did he do besides ride Hogan's coattails I guess him and Hogan I, made up a few months back. So they had to have. Because all is forgiven. Now they're lifting weights together. But 
they I were mean, at each other's on. throats not long ago. I don't know if it was, you know, uh, over a woman or what the deal was, but now Brutus, they're all, you know, happy working out together like the good old days. Uh, yeah. You know, you asked what else has he done? He hosted a, uh, a segment where Shawn Michaels super kicked Marty Jannetty through a barbershop window. That's basically one of the things he's famous for. Yeah. Does anyone remember him from that segment? No, they remember Shawn Michaels putting someone through. You don't remember Brutus, the barber beefcake in any of that. And I mean, then think about after he went to the WCW, he was the booty man. He was the Zodiac. He was the disciple. He was part of the NWO. He was part of the OWN. I, I think there's probably <laughs> now more he's part that, of the HOF. Yeah, now he's part of, part of the Hall of Fame, and you can't think of anything he did that really stood out in his entire career that would make him Hall of Fame worthy. And you think about some of the people that aren't in, like, you know, let's say Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff, to me, changed the game of professional wrestling. You're going to put in Brutus the freaking Barber Beefcake before someone like Eric Bischoff, who also had a big WWE career when he came over. I mean, I think I, eventually know, uh, Bischoff and all these other people we named will get in. It's just I think they need to space it out. You know, put Brutus into a better class. That way it's – again, I think there's too many – it's just not a very strong class, except for DX. Well, to steal a phrase from Tony Schiavone, Brutus the Barber Beefcake is not going to put any butts in seats when it comes to attending the Hall of Fame. And to me, it was a favor done for somebody. And to me, I'll tell you something, that don't work for me, brother. <laughs> Speaking of the Hall of Fame, A&E announced today they intend on making a documentary series featuring WWE wrestlers that are in the Hall of Fame. Set to be released next spring, 2020. Starring Coco Beware and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yes. Uh, you know, the the impact thing the other night with uh, the stupid ending. It, it was some, yeah. There was some debate on Twitter about you know, a lot of people like that stuff. I don't. So uh, I posed the question, how do you like your wrestling? Do you like it believable and realistic or entertaining and more fantasy? 78% on Twitter likes it more believable and realistic. 22% likes the entertaining fantasy aspect. 87% on Facebook likes it more believable and realistic, while 13% likes the fantasy part of it. To me, it's, uh, you know, music has a lot of generals. You got country, you got rock, rap, and all that. I think it's time to realize wrestling has different generals. I think there should be wrestling shows that are more realistic, like NXT, uh, ROH, and there should be some more fantasy type stuff. You know, if people are into that, that's fine. If that stuff is not for me, I like to, I like it more realistic. Well, if you're gonna I, I, that thirteen percent you're talking about, that's the same thirteen percent that in 1995 liked the Dungeon of Doom. So uh, if you like the Dungeon of Doom, then Impact Wrestling's your place to be. <laughs> um, I asked who. Our fans on Twitter, this is uh, not on Facebook, on Twitter, who thought would make a surprise appearance at this weekend's WrestleMania? John Cena, Undertaker, Lars Sullivan, or other, which could have been, you know, Bray Wyatt, uh, some folks from NXT, whoever. 50% believe Cena will make an appearance, 33% Undertaker, 11% think Lars is going to make his appearance or debut, and 6% think uh, somebody other than those guys are going to surprise us. 
Uh, you know, I don't know what Bray's doing. I know he's got a child on the way with JoJo. I don't know if he'll be able to make it. But Luke Harper, I would like to see that guy come back and get a push. He's wrestling on Access this weekend for the WWE. Maybe they'll put him in the the Andre Battle Royal. But well, they're going to have five hundred thousand people booked in the show. So why not throw him in? And instead of making it a uh, 20 on 20 match let's make it a 21 on 20 handicap match yeah uh handicap mixed tag match for men and women everybody involved <clears throat> so uh, i did a wrestlemania bracket a couple weeks ago i took the top 32 matches according to wwe.com top 32 wrestlemania matches and i don't know how they determine that but it's this is according to them and there were some good ones in there and then uh I went to this online generator thing and just mixed them all up because I wasn't sure how to, to seed them like you would a normal bracket or tournament. Anyway, I put that on, online, and we had 1,544 people vote in this. Final four ended up being Ricky the Dragon Steamboat over Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania three. Uh, third place, Edge and Christian over the Dudley Boys and Hardys at WrestleMania thirteen for the first TLC match. Second place was The Undertaker over Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 26. And the winner, and who I also personally voted for, was Bret the Hitman Hart over Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13 during the I Quit match. One of, probably my favorite, uh, not only favorite WrestleMania match, but maybe my favorite match of all time. Well, that was an incredible match because you think going into that match, you had Stone Cold Steve Austin was the ultimate heel. The fans hated Stone Cold. Bret Hart came in as the baby face, a double turn that they put in that match. They come out, Stone Cold comes out, as Stone Cold Steve Austin with one of the biggest pushes of all time. The fans behind him, a completely different baby face than the professional wrestling ba- business had ever seen. And then Bret the Hitman Hart, the vanilla baby face, coming out the villain that would start laying the ground to what would ultimately lead to the comeback with the WWE. On to WrestleMania, <clears throat> there is a – we'll go through the card, and I'll, we'll give our predictions if you're good with that. As of today, as of right now, there's been 16 matches uh, announced. This is going to be a pretty long pay-per-view event. I'm sure some of these matches will be on the uh, the undercard or the pre-show. Uh, another thing to consider, it's going to be outdoors, <clears throat> and there might be some cool rainy temperatures as well. I don't know – if there's ever been a, at a WrestleMania that's been rained on. But I think the last I checked, there was like a 30% chance of rain that evening. So if you're going to WrestleMania, and I know a lot of our uh, followers on Twitter are already in New York posting pictures. I love it. Keep doing that. You might want to take a coat with you Sunday night. But uh, the Women's Battle Royal, who you got? Uh, the women's battle royal. I mean, since they got so many people in there, um, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it because there's so many people on there to think of. I, I think, I, I think Oscar. I think you gotta have Oscar, man. She uh, she did them a solid by dropping that title to, to Charlotte Flair a few weeks ago. I think they owe it to her. She stood tall uh, on SmackDown during that 5400 person uh, mix. Whatever it was, I think uh, I think they owe it to Oscar to give it to her. I think it would be cool if maybe Shayna Baszler made her debut from NXT and surprise some people. 
I don't think that'll happen, but I, I do think it'd be cool. But I'm going with Oscar. Uh, the men's Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which, you know, we <clears throat> talked last week and I think the week before uh, Jason Jones joined me. I, this is pretty much pointless. It really is. It's just a way to throw more people in a match to get some TV time. There needs to be some sort of merit to this. Either the winner gets an automatic spot in a Money in the Bank match, or they get the choice between the uh, Intercontinental title and U.S. title during the same night. I think that would be cool. But Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, um, I was going to say uh, I got to go with Strowman for my pick for that one. Yeah. Uh, even though I am – Having these uh, these celebrities, well, I, I put that in quotes. Celebrities to me, they're nothing. Saturday Night Live had been good since the late '90s, anyway. So uh, having these guys on here, it's a joke. Let's uh, let's go through the list of people that are confirmed to be in it: Braun Strowman, Colin Jost, Michael Che, Andrade, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Apollo Cruz, Titus O'Neil, Jinder Mahal, Tyler Breeze. Tucker and Otis from Heavy Machinery, Connor and Victor from The Ascension, Rhino, No Way Jose, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, Kalisto, Grand Metalik, Lance Dorado, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Heath Slater, Mustafa Ali, Sheldon Benjamin, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and EC3. I can t- I can go through here. I-, I can guarantee you nobody from a tag team is going to win this match. They never do. They never win the Battle Royal or the Royal Rumble. They're not going to win this. Um, Logic would tell you Strowman should win because he's supposed to be a monster. That's kind of my pick, but it worries me the way they've been booking him lately. It really worries me that they might put one of these clowns, Jost or Che, over t- to win it just to, for publicity. Um, well, hey, I got a sleeper pick, EC3. Uh, that, that's my sleeper pick, pick as well. If Braun doesn't win it, if the Jost and Che, which please don't let it happen, if they don't win it, I think you got to look at Apollo, Andrade, EC3, Sheldon Benjamin, or, or Mustafa Ali. Um, I would love to see EC3 win it. I don't think he will. I think he should. Um, you got to go with Braun. I think we got to go with Braun. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. What's your thoughts? I think Angle with a quick victory and a surprise uh, match comes out to face him. Got a very unpopular opinion here. Kurt Angle deserves better than Baron Corbin. I, I, I do agree with that. But this is the route they've gone. If, if John Cena don't come out and they stick with Baron Corbin, I think you got to go with Corbin. I, I I know it sounds crazy, but if they're going to push him to be the heel that they want him to be, he's got to beat Kurt Angle in his last match, and the heat from the crowd would be insane. Can you can you imagine the booze that that would get? Well, usually when a guy's retiring, he doesn't win his going away match. Think about all the guys who had their last big matches. Yep. You know, Ric Flair, he lost. It's part of the time-honored tradition of yep. the passing of the torch. I think he's going to beat Corbin, but I think I, he's going to come out, and and I think Cena, I think, is going to put the bookends 
on his career. If Cena don't come out and replace Corbin, I think Corbin wins it. Uh, again, one, you get him over as a heel. Two, uh, think of all the folks. Uh, Shawn Michaels went out losing. Ric Flair went out losing. Undertaker goes out losing. And, and that's just how it is. It's just that's part of it. So I think if it's it stays between Corbin and Angle, I think Baron Corbin wins. But you're right. That would make him a monster heel that uh, would be unlike um, any other heel they got going right now. I mean, completely a heel character the crowd would be against. Yep. And really, they need a heel like that. So, uh, you know, again, if it stays between them two, I think Corbin wins. Shane McMahon versus The Miz falls count anywhere. I've got The Miz as my pick. Uh, A sleeper situation, The Miz's dad turns on him and helps Shane wins. Help Shane win. Yeah, I am going with Shane O'Mac, uh, but I think Shane O'Mac's going to pull something out and will come out with the win and will also create a heel character that would be, uh, you know, possibly a heel McMahon, just like his dad. Yeah, uh, of course, we're going to see Shane do some crazy stuff. The Miz doesn't really do a lot of crazy bumps or whatnot. That's, you know, it, He's talked about that. That's why he doesn't get hurt. That's why he's able to continue wrestling. Shane don't care. Shane doesn't need to wrestle. He's a millionaire the way it is. So he always does some insane things. That'll be interesting. I I have Miz winning unless uh, Mr. Miz turns on him, and then, of course, Shane will win. Really, from here on out, I could see these matches going either way. Uh, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. I could see this one going either way. I think AJ wins. But I think there's a possibility, uh, uh, a route they could take if Randy wins, but I think AJ wins. Yeah, I think AJ wins, uh, but I think this could be the match that steals the show. Oh, definitely. I think it's going to be the best match of the night. Um, There is a chance, once we get later on in the card, how I think it would make sense if Randy Orton won as well. So I'll get back to that in a second. Batista versus Triple H, no holds barred, career match. This could go either way, too, if you think about it. I've got Triple H winning, but really, why would Batista come back just to lose? He doesn't need the money. Uh, He'll probably never wrestle again. This is probably Batista's last match. He's a big-time Hollywood star now. He didn't come for the money. I think he came back for the legacy. Give me what I want. You know what I want. I've been asking for it. For years, give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give it to me. Give me what I want. So, uh, even though I've got Triple H winning because his career is supposedly on the line, I don't think we've seen the end of Triple H. Of course, he's still got NXT he's going to take care of. But I could easily see Batista winning for the fact that, again, uh, why would he come back just to lose? Yeah, I. I think I think Batista gets the win because I think Triple H is wanting to get off of TV for a little bit. Maybe it's with Vince and the XFL starting to pick up steam. He's needing to focus on uh, doing some things in the background. Excellent point. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. I think Roman wins. Um, yeah, I just uh, I just don't see Roman losing at, since uh, he's been brought back. He's Super baby face right now. 
Uh, McIntyre could use the win, but I think Roman gets it. Yeah, I think uh, I think Roman wins. I think McIntyre is a star in waiting, but I think uh, there's just no way I think they would have him uh, lose at this WrestleMania. Cruiserweight Championship, Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese. I think Tony Nese wins this. Buddy Murphy's had the strap for a while. Buddy Murphy's a great wrestler and a great champion, but he's had the belt for a little while, and they're competing in Tony Nese's hometown, which would get a huge pop if he's able to win over Buddy Murphy. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Nice. I'm going to agree with you. I think uh, Murphy's had the title for a while. I think giving uh, Nice the opportunity, uh, I think, would be good. Women's tag titles, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this as well. I think Nia Jackson Tamina wins. Um, you could make a case for either of these teams. But uh, I think they, I think they win, which takes them out of singles competition and probably sets them up with a feud for Beth and Natalia later on. Yeah, I actually – man, we're agreeing a lot tonight. I agree with you. I'm going Nia. I'm going with the heels. I think Nia's been great as a heel. Uh, Tamina, not really crazy about her work. Uh, she doesn't really have a whole lot that she does in there, but I definitely think that, uh, that uh, the, to me, they're one of the best heel tag teams out there. SmackDown titles, I have uh, the Usos retaining over Aleister Black. Ricochet, The Bar, and Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Uh, I, I think it would be interesting because Ricochet and Aleister Black are competing tomorrow night on NXT against War Raiders. Uh, the Hardys are in this battle royal. I would, They should be in this match. It it's actually should be the Hardys versus the Usos for the tag titles. Instead, we get you know some thrown-together tag teams. Think about these teams the Usos are facing. Shinsuke and Rusev are singles they've thrown together as a tag team. Same with Ricochet and Aleister Black. The Bar, which now I do consider them more of a tag team, but they just threw together Sheamus and Cesaro as a tag team as well. So I, I would love to have seen the Hardys in this match. Unfortunately, they're not. I got the Russos retaining. Usos. I think it said Russos. I have Usos retaining. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the Usos are going to retain too. To me, I – yeah, it's like if creative doesn't have anything for you, let's just throw you together as a tag team. Uh, this match was added today, the Raw Tag, Raw tag Team titles, the Revival versus Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Makes hey, no sense, but I, I can dig it. Hey, I'm going for Ryder and Hawkins all the way. Can you yep. imagine the pop if they win? The streak ends, the losing streak for – for Ryder ends at WrestleMania. That's actually one of the matches I'm most excited just because I want to see Ryder and Hawkins win a match. I too have Ryder and Hawkins winning the major brothers. Uh, the revival, they've been slowly, you know, we thought they were going to get the push they deserve. They've been slowly burying them and making them lose and, and phasing them out. And I see Ryder and Hawkins winning. Kind of like Ryder's WrestleMania moment a few years ago. They may lose the tag titles Monday night, but they're gonna. I think they're going to win them Sunday. U.S. title, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Again, that match is in limbo because of Mysterio's ankle. Uh, you know, if he doesn't come out, we've talked about, I think John Cena would be a great, great replacement. I'm going to get all fist deep in some rugs. Or Mustafa Ali. 
Uh, I, I could go down the list of a ton of superstars that's in the back that would be a good replacement, but sounds like Mysterio. I haven't heard any news yet. He's probably going to be okay. We've been seeing his son Dominic uh, making some uh, some appearances with him during some interviews. Dominic's actually training to be a wrestler. Who's Dominic's twice as big as his dad Ray, but uh, I think uh, I think it's still going to continue, and I think Dominic may get involved. Either way, I got some over Joe Wayne. I can't help it. Every time I see Don Dominic, I think of the great uh, Eddie Guerrero. Who's your daddy, Dominic? <laughs> Classic. Intercontinental title match, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. I think Finn Balor wins that. He's bringing back his demon alter ego. Uh, I don't think uh, he's ever been beat as the demon. They're making too big of a, a deal out of it, so I think Finn Balor wins. Not only do I think he wins, but I think Bobby Lashley goes on to bigger and better things after this. Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I actually have Brock Lesnar retaining. Yeah, I have Brock Lesnar retaining, and it wouldn't surprise me if Daniel Cormier shows up uh, for this match. The only hiccup I've got about him losing is you brought up Daniel Cormier. It looks like Brock and Daniel are targeted to fight in August. Did I say Daniel Bryan or Daniel Cormier? I think you said Cormier. Okay, just making sure. (laughs) So they haven't signed anything official yet, but that is the target date which is, you know, in just two or three more months, three more months or so. So that could throw a uh, change into that match, but I still – I got Brock Lesnar beating Seth Rollins. WWE Championship match, Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. Man, I think they've painted themselves in the corner. I think you got to have Kofi win. Hey, I think Kofi Mania is running wild. I don't think he's going to hold the title long, but there's going to be one heck of a pop when he wins the belt. We've talked about a, a heel turn with Big E and Xavier. I think that will probably come. I don't know if it will happen Sunday because I think they've, uh, like I said, they've painted themselves in a corner, and um, you got to have him win. I don't think they have a choice. Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship belt on the line with Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte. Man, I could make a case for either of these three winning but i think becky wins i think they've done the slow build it's time to put the strap on uh becky i think becky wins i think i think they could have ronda win and uh but i don't think they're going to end wrestlemania that way i think they're going to end on a happy note you could also make a case for charlotte but uh again this is what I love about this match. It could go either way. It's not, it's not as predictable. That's why uh, a few weeks ago uh, I said when Charlotte beat Oscar, I wasn't, I hated it for Oscar, but I wasn't too upset because this just makes this match even more intriguing and more or less predictable, I should say. But again, I got Becky winning. Well, I think they're in New York. So this is what I envisioning happening. They're in New York. So why not put together a Vince Russo match? Why don't you do Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage in a triple-decker doomsday cage, having him take on Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ming, the Barbarian, Lex Luger, the Taskmaster, <laughs> the guy who played Zeus in No Holds Barred, and the guy who played Bane in Batman and Robin. Create the <laughs> alliance to end Hulkamania, and then you have Brutus the freaking Barber Beefcake come in for the save to help Hogan wins because he can't lose 
because that doesn't work for him, brother. Hey, we had a Ella on Twitter who goes by at Eat Banana Pills. <clears throat> she says if Charlotte Flair wins at WrestleMania, she's going to get a W tattooed on one butt cheek and an O on her other butt cheek, which spells woo. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, the card is subject to change, uh, as always, and uh, my predictions are subject subject to change as well. Well, Tira, I want to mention who's Elias facing. Hello, I am Elias. Well, that could uh, you know, there's been a couple names thrown out there. Uh, Lars Sullivan's been thrown out there, of course, John Cena, and even the Undertaker. So he's the musical guest. But um, uh, I think there's going to be some action. There's several stars, superstars, wrestlers that are not booked for a match that I'm sure will make an appearance. Of course, there's nothing for the New Day, but you know we're going to see them. I don't know what their involvement, if any, will be, but at least they'll make an appearance doing something. Uh, You mentioned Elias, uh, Dolph Ziggler, several people aren't booked for a match but um who knows who knows who's going to come out but something's going to happen with elias it's got to the good the bad the ugly Good, bad, and ugly this week. I'd say my good is AJ and Randy Orton's feud. My bad. Uh, we have uh, talked about this a lot. Is all this hodgepodge wrestling soup with uh, the Fatal Four Ways, Battle Royals, eighteen person mixed tag matches, and my ugly is Impact Wrestling's far fetched, over the top, uh, lame ending. Well, I'm going to say my good for this week would be uh, the build-up to AJ Styles, Randy Orton. It's the match I'm most excited for. The bad this week is going to be Ed Leslie, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Ed Boulder, Brother Brutai, The Butcher, The Man With No Name, The Zodiac, The Booty Man, and The Disciple making the WWE Hall of Fame and the ugly Impact Wrestling. Come on. Dungeon of Doom. Really? Hey, do you think Brutus comes back as like a ten-time inductee? Yeah, they with could. Br- they could put him in. I mean, as the as the man with no name in the Zodiac. Yes, no. Yes, no. He was incredible. Yes, no. For the next ten years, Brutus the Barber Beefcake is going to be inducted under every alias and character he ever played, just to throw someone in the Hall of Fame. Well, hey, I do have to say, over, under, how many times is Hogan going to call Ed Leslie brother during his induction? I say no less. I say over 10. Definitely over 10. Yeah, I'm saying. Brother. Brother's brother. 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 Yeah, definitely over 10. 
I, I'm thinking 25. I, I, I can see 25 brothers. I'll go to uh, 12 to 15 brothers. All right. Well, we'll have to do our brother check, and we'll see where we end up at. I'm going to put that on uh, the poll. Well, it's probably too late now. I'll, I'll do one to see how many uh, brothers Hogan throws into his Hall of Fame speech. Well, man, uh, you got anything else? I think that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. WrestleMania, busy, busy weekend. NXT tomorrow night, Hall of Fame Saturday night, and the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania Sunday. Well, hey, the only thing I got in closing is uh, we're only a week away, April 13th, Springfield, Missouri. Mid-States Wrestling is back. Uh, The Space Cowboy Jason Jones, Cowboy Bob Orton, and all these superstars of Mid-States Wrestling. Superstar Dundee, uh, Miranda Gordy, daughter of uh, Hall of Famer Bam Bam Gordy from the Freebirds. Mr. Saturday Night's going to be there. Uh, You name it. Oh, who could forget the lover boy, Matt Riviera, Niles Plonk, Jeffro Wilson, and former NWA heavyweight champion, Tim Storm. And, of course, we're going to be up there interviewing him. We're going to be backstage. We're going to be talking to him all, and I bet you we're going to be sharing a lot of stuff over the next few weeks, brother, with Mid-States Wrestling. Next week's episode, we'll be talking about the results from WrestleMania and, of course, MSW. Uh, we will be there. It's going to be a blast. If you guys are within driving distance, I know we got people that listen all over the United States, but if you're close to the Midwest, go check out this event. You're in for a treat. Well, follow us on uh, Twitter at the slop drop one and find us on Facebook at the slop drop. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Brutus, the freaking barber beefcake. Really? <laughs> Goodbye and good night.